Welcome to Exaltation. This is Father David Masterson bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true through the Voice of Hope Radio. On this Christmas morning, we hear the glorious words of St. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by Him, and apart from Him nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came for a witness that he might bear witness of the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came that he might bear witness of the light. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. We turn this Christmas morning to what has been called the profoundest page in the New Testament and the most sublime and stupendous statement of God's divine mind. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What does St. John declare about this eternal Word? 
that he created all things, that he gives life to all things, and that his life is the light of men. This eternal word proclaims St. John created all things. Colossians 1.15 says, And he, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Jesus spoke all of reality into existence. He fashioned the universe, created the earth, and placed the sun and moon in the sky. He gives life to all things. Jesus is himself the very interiority of all being. In him all things cohere and hold together. Jesus continuously sustains and gives life to all things, and this life is the light of men. Notice that the Word of God is a person, not a philosophical idea or concept. Man, in his arrogance, tends to place a priority upon reason and logic, which, unaided by the Holy Spirit, leads him astray. God places the priority upon man's sanctified intellect, his thinking by which he perceives true spiritual knowledge about God and the things of eternity. This eternal word, the Lord Jesus Christ, became incarnate for our salvation. This is the wonder and glory of Christmas. Jesus had to assume our nature in order that we might share in his divine nature. This living word was God himself. No one could throughout eternity dwell with and perfectly love and be loved by God except the one who was himself God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit lived in time past, and they continue to live now and forever in perfect union and communion of love and fellowship. Jesus came unto his own, that is, he came into his own created order, his own domain, and those who were his own, that is, the Jewish nation, didn't receive him. How incredibly tragic. God's own people, for the purpose of revealing God to the world, rejected their own Messiah. Jesus came. He spoke in the synagogues. He healed the multitudes. He taught the beauty, power, and wisdom of God and went about doing only good to everyone he met, and still they rejected and crucified him. Was Jesus coming then a failure? Here is a man despised, rejected. He is bruised, scourged, crucified, and dead. His own received him not. But there were some that did receive him. There were some people who did believe upon him. 
there were some who followed after him, however imperfectly and falteringly. What about them? To them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe upon his name. Notice, beloved, what the Holy Scripture teaches. When we believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and receive the truth of his life and death for us, he gives us the right not to call ourselves, but to become by God's power children of God. Man, in the pride of his own self-enlightenment, seeks to call himself a child of God. We hear people say, but we're all children of God. No, beloved, we are not. We become true sons and daughters of God only by faith in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, not by merely desiring or designating ourselves as such. The act of faith in Jesus Christ is the condition or means of receiving the grace of God. The object of faith is the whole self-revelation of Jesus, all his beauty, goodness, and truth. The result of faith is the right to become children of God as the Holy Spirit communicates God's divine life within our souls, making us sons and daughters of God. This new life does not belong to human nature or human effort. It is not by human design or intention. It is the gift of God, received by faith in him who is the light and word of God. Therefore, unless I share Christ's divine life within me, I am not a Christian. Though I may sing the hymns and attend church faithfully and make a great profession, Unless I share Christ's life, I don't belong to him. We must think deeply and carefully about these things. To become a child of God means to partake of his very nature. The Lord Jesus took upon himself our human nature in order that we might participate in his divine nature. This is what union with Christ means and implies. St. Paul says in Romans 6, 5, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also planted in the likeness of his resurrection. When a tree sends down its roots into the earth, it becomes deeply embedded into the soil. When the Spirit of God plants us, roots us, unites us with Jesus Christ in his death upon the cross, our old sinful nature is put to death, and we are grafted into the new nature of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is why St. Peter says in 2 Peter 1.4, that we are given exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Beloved, what is the divine nature of God? It is essentially love, holiness, and wisdom. 
every child of God partakes of and becomes in measure love-centered, holy, and wise. Men and women of faith are governed by love, the desire to reach out and help one another. Men and women of faith have a passion for holiness. They do not want to sin, but rather strive against sin with all their might and desire purity and righteousness of life. Men and women of faith rest in the wisdom of God and receive a quiet assurance of things not seen which transcends the mere process of thinking or logic. When a man becomes a son of God in that very moment, he knows things that he didn't know before. He has an absolute assurance and certainty about things that before he only wondered and worried about. That is why if you are not a Christian, if you are not a follower of Jesus Christ yet, you cannot understand the quietness and peace of someone who is a Christian. It is not that the true Christian has no difficulties or doubts. Oh, yes, Christians have the same problems and doubts as others, but that no argument can shake his inner confidence or remove his trust in God. Why is this so? Because of Isaiah 26, 3, a wonderful promise from God's word. The steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. It is sharing God's nature. It is trusting in him that brings the wisdom of settled certainty and peace. What is my responsibility as a true child of God? If I have received God's divine nature, I must now walk after the commandments of my king and daily give to him the obedience of my love. In our earthly homes, the first responsibility of a child is to give to the Father the obedience of perfect trusting love. So it is with our Heavenly Father. George MacDonald, the wonderful 19th century Scottish minister, says, How many are there who seem capable of doing anything for the sake of Christianity except the one thing its Lord cares about, that they should really do what he tells them to do. What is my responsibility as a true child of God? If I have received his divine nature, I must keep on receiving that nature and believing upon him in daily dependence and surrender to him. In order to do this, I must let go of my false self 
and embrace my true self in Christ. The Lord Jesus became incarnate into history in order that our false selves may fall away and our true selves enter into the freedom that belongs to those who believe and trust in God. One godly man writes, The life of Christ that is given to us can only become ours when we offer our lives and our hearts that we might receive him. There must be an exchange of lives. There must be tremendous effort to become like Jesus by being obedient to his words. Without the willingness to offer ourselves on the altar of sacrifice, to carry our cross, to forsake all that we have, it will be certain that we will not have room enough within ourselves to receive and contain his infinite and eternal life. Will you find room in your heart and life for the one for whom there was no room in the inn at Christmas? Will you kneel before your king and acknowledge him as Lord over all your life, your time, your money, your affections, your relationships, your ambitions, your career, your eternal destiny? Will you yield all your brokenness, all your hurts, your sinfulness to him and allow him to heal you and to direct your ways. Another Christmas day has come. We have entered into the Christmas season, singing the Christmas carols. We see the lights on the trees, the joy, the happiness of the season. Will we open the door of our hearts and let the King of glory come in? Then Jesus will keep Christmas with us, not only this Christmas day, but every day all the year long. His life will be our life and the light by which we walk in the freedom and joy of true sons and daughters of God. Walking in the light of Christ, mere existence, the mundane, flowers into brilliant, beautiful life. When our lives are dominated by love for the Lord Jesus Christ, our outlook is changed. We are filled with His light, power, life, and joy. A wise man said, God's grace gives all that our sinfulness needs. His truth teaches all that our ignorance requires. When the light around us becomes as night, we need the eternal, uncreated light of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us lift up our hearts and hopes to him who abides forever. 
let us not commit the folly of putting our heart's affections and our trust upon any person or thing that passes and changes in this mortal life. Our affection and trust must be in him who never changes, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. For of him and to him and through him are all things. To him be the glory, both now and forevermore. Amen. Christmas is often a difficult and trying time of the year. When many are feeling the joy and happiness of the season, others feel sad and lonely. Perhaps your circumstances are difficult this Christmas day. You are suffering. You have experienced a major loss or hurt. I encourage you to Turn your heart and mind to the light and life of the Lord Jesus. He is alive and he is with you this Christmas day. Tell him that you need him. Pour out your heart to him and let his light and life fill your soul. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I pray today for all my brothers and sisters who struggle on this Christmas day. Surround them with your love and care. Hold them close to your kind and generous heart. Meet them in their sadness and fill them with your supernatural joy. 
I ask this in the strong and mighty name of Jesus Christ with thanksgiving. Amen. Beloved, receive this encouragement from God's living word from the prophet Isaiah. Don't you yet understand? Don't you know by now that the everlasting God, the creator of the farthest parts of the earth, never grows faint or weary? No one can fathom the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the tired and worn out and strength to those who are weak. Even the youths shall be exhausted and the young men will all give up. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You've been listening to Exaltation with Father David Masterson, bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true on the Voice of Hope Radio. Beloved, go in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his strength, in his hope, and with his peace in your heart, in every circumstance. God bless you.